Hello and welcome to the Wheel of Crime podcast. This podcast is ran by two ladies who play games, mumble profanities, and laugh way too often. Also, this podcast does cover topics of sensitive nature, and as such, listener discretion is advised. And my name is Emily. Yes, uh, when Irish eyes are smiling. What day is it? <laughs> See, Patrick's Day, the day for all of the Patricks, the day is for you and for all things green. It's party time. Yes, all things green, green beer, green bread. That's honestly one of my favorite childhood memories is going to your <laughs> parents' house on St. Patrick's Day. I think I say this every year, but I would go to Emily's house after school and her mom would be cooking a fresh loaf of bread that was dyed green, but it was delicious. It's true. I still think about it, actually, because she, she, it, it, it's so funny to think about now because I never put it together, but she would do the green bread and then she'd always serve it with like, uh, like a potato stew, like a beef and potato stew, which I never clued in was like an Irish recipe until like literally like two years ago. I was actually thinking about it and I was like, man, I come from the most festive woman in the whole universe. Look at her go. You sure do. I know, I know it was it's, the best. Well, even for Valentine's Day, like if I would uh, go over there to visit and there's like all these hearts all over the doorways and stuff in the front yard that's like Valentine's-y. And I'm like, yep, it's Festivus. It's the time for festivities. It truly is. Your mom, your mom never disappointed. There was always festive spirit happening. Oh, in for your household. sure. And that green bread. The green bread, which other times of the year was just normal colored bread, but homemade bread is very, very delicious. That bread slapped and it went so hard and it was so good. I know. I went through a, like a micro phase where whenever I was thrifting, I would try looking for the same bread machine. But um, I got lucky once where I found it, but it was missing the stupid little because it's like it's got a piece that goes on the inside that actually like churns the bread. And it was missing that. And I was like, well, I can't buy like an empty bread machine. What am I going to make? A rock? Yeah. <laughs> like. Wouldn't be good. It wouldn't be the same. Definitely um, not. But yes, so it is the 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 season the season's greetings of St. Patrick's Day. Um, is there anything that you've done uh, leading up to St. Patrick's Day to to prepare for the day or anything like that? Anything this last week that's been particularly leprechauny that you want to share? You've been up to your trickery. Nothing. Nothing cool and themed like that. Emily and I are recording this in a little bit in advance because i'm actually on a plane today <laughs> yay for me <laughs> she's the luckiest one of us all so i am super hype about that i scored tickets to the taylor swift concert in glendale and i'm so hyped because when you guys are listening to this i'm gonna be on my way fingers crossed i am pretty sure that when everybody's listening to this i am going to be either post massage day or this will just be before a massage day because um my lovely husband at, at like the start of january was like i want to book a spa day for you and your mother and your sister and it's like a full day of doing stuff so i'm i'm excited for that that is very exciting for you i'm i'm really 
I'm really happy for you because there's nothing better than like a spa day and like massage. Maybe except for going to the Taylor Swift concert, yeah. I'll say well, that. Well, just imagine if you did both in the same day. That would be like the best day ever. It would be the best day ever. Maybe I'll book a massage while I'm there. Hey, that'd be pretty cool. Get all relaxed for the T-Swift concert. Yeah, exactly. Get all hyped up. It's going to be great. Yeah. But yeah, no no fun uh, St. Patrick's Day things in preparation because I don't really do much for it usually. Um, I don't even drink beer, so I'm no fun at all. <laughs> Uh, fair enough. I'm also not a not a beer person, but I do wear green. I wear green every St. Patrick's Day because somebody pinches me if I don't, and I hate being pinched. So I will do whatever I can to to make sure that doesn't happen. Fair. I feel like no one has done that to me since we were in like high school, and because I feel like if someone did it now, they would know that my wrath would be coming for them. Oh no! One of my siblings I would hold definitely a grudge pinched forever. me. Yeah, one of my siblings pinched me last year because um, I can't remember what it was. It was like uh, like the day before, but they thought it was actually St. Patrick's Day. So I wasn't wearing any green and they pinched me. And when I tell you, I just about nearly got in a fist fight. That is not an exaggeration. Yeah, I would be hella mad if someone pinched me. I'd be like, you need to get out of here. It's not safe for you in this uh, vicinity any longer. It's not safe for you here anymore. <laughs> You're done. Yeah. You're done. Oh my god, that's so funny. But yes, we should spin our real questions though, because uh, for all our lovely listeners, uh, today is a special episode where we both get to share some stories with you, or a couple stories. So it's super exciting. Woohoo! Super exciting. Yes. But with that, we will get into our wheel of questions. <laughs> Do you know what St. Patrick is the saint of? Um, the saint of beer and leprechaun or as emily would call them leprechauns <laughs> uh actually no it is way more obvious than that well do tell i think we learned this in school but i've definitely forgotten Oh, for sure um he is the patron saint of ireland ah gotcha right i know i read that gotcha. and i was like of course he is of course he is that makes sense um <laughs> uh, all right well that was fun let's move on to our next question okay um so in your opinion what is the best part about saint patrick's day the best part of this saint patrick's day is that i'm gonna be going to a taylor Swift concert <laughs> uh but we already knew that but but otherwise, it, it was definitely the bread at your mom's house. I have no other... I don't know. I don't really celebrate. So I'm going with the bread or Taylor Swift. Okay. Um, I will agree then and also say the bread. But I will say, actually, that my family did have a really fun tradition, like when we were really little, like 10 and under, where um, the night before St. Patrick's Day, we would build leprechaun traps around the house. And of course they did. Of yeah. Course. And so on St. Patrick's Day, we would go and see which one of the leprechaun traps trapped a leprechaun. 
which like we never saw one but there would always be one trap that had like a bunch of like glitter around it and like a little like footprints in the glitter leading away from the trap and a little handwritten note on the inside that would say something like uh, you almost caught me and it would have and then uh it would be signed from whatever leprechaun that was i remember that's so cute. There was this one leprechaun that really had it out for me named uh, Dazzle Greensleeves. I haven't forgotten. I want that to be my name. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Dazzle Greensleeves. This is Jen's alter ego. She was actually coming in my house and, ra- and ransacking <laughs> yeah. my traps under the guise of Dazzle Greensleeves. It's true. You you heard it here first. You caught me after all these years. It's true. But yeah, it's a weird thing now, though, because I think about it and I remember how much fun that was when I was a kid. And I'm like, what a random thing. What a random tradition for my family to come up with. That's so fun, though. See, I don't feel like our, my family really had any specific St. Patrick's Day traditions other than wearing green. Um, I remember I used to really want to try and find a four-leaf clover, but never succeeded. So there's that lifelong dream still in the, still in the lineup, still in queue. I can emphasize gonna happen that. one day. See, I feel like it was always other people who found the four-leaf clovers and it was never me. Yeah, no. I once found like- Never eight- me. I once found like a five leaf clover or something or a six leaf clover. And then I had people be like, oh, you found the unlucky clover. You're the worst. And I'd be like, <laughs> of course I would find the unlucky clover. Oh man, poor little Emily getting fucking bullied over finding a six leaf clover. There was not a Classic. thing. There was not a thing I could have done when I was a kid where people would actually be happy about it. They would always find something. It would be if it was the six leaf clover or something else. But you know what though? I do think about that now. And if I ever find another six leaf clover, I'm going to frame it and I'm going to send it to you. Perfect. I'll send you mine, bestie girl. <laughs> Sounds good. All right, let's spin for our next question. This is the third question, right? Okay, what do you normally do on St. Patrick's Day? Which we've kind of already covered, which is like not a whole lot. But like um, in the past, if you like, if you've ever done anything to make the holiday special, like like what would what would the idea be? I think I went for green beer one time in college because someone else offered to buy me some. Took one sip and then gave the rest to my uh, partner John, and I think that's about the most special thing. I've- That's fair. Uh, I've honestly never tried green beer, but only because um, the one time that I was in a bar that was serving green beer, it was very obviously room temperature beer because they had all of these like, literally, they didn't even have pictures of it that they would keep in the fridge. It was all pre-poured glasses of beer just sitting on the counter. And I was like, you will never catch me drinking a random free-floating green beer lukewarm beer not happening you know what that was a good call i i would never right now um 
I do think last year, though, I did buy myself a bag of golden coin chocolates uh, at the dollar store for pretty cheap on St. Patrick's Day. So I had that going for me. That's something. Uh, did they taste good? No. <laughs> it was not worth it. Yeah, I didn't think so. It, I just remember it tasting so much better. And then I like got home and I like peeled it open. And I was like, oh, that was kind of a lot of work. And then um, I like... I was like snacking on it. I'm like, you know what? I think one coin is enough for me. The rest, the rest can go to somebody else. Yeah, I, I haven't had one since I was a kid, but I strongly feel that it would taste like plastic. Yeah, it was very plasticky and like kind of had like a weird residue actually on the outside of the chocolate. I do not recommend. Yeah. Um, but like. Honestly, as far as like what normal for me on St. Patrick's Day is, is wake up, pick green, think about Ireland for five minutes, and then go to work. And that's basically how my, my St. Patrick's Day normally goes. I love that for you. That's amazing. Maybe I'll watch like a river dancing thing on YouTube and be like, wow, what fascinating traditions. And that's about it. <laughs> you do way more than I have ever done, Emily. And you know what? It's not surprising. <laughs> well, there's some things I do think are that are interesting. Like, I do like, um, like, Irish songs and the river dancing. I used to play the bagpipes, but that's more of a Scottish thing than it is an Irish thing. And that's really all I got. I mean, Ireland and Scotland are geographically pretty close together, so... That they are. Socially very different, though. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. But... <laughs> Alright, All right. let's spin for our last question. Hell yeah. Are you Irish in any way and do you celebrate it? I have a little bit of Irish in me, but uh not particularly. I know my partner John, he has a quite a bit of Irish in him and on St. Patrick's Day, him and his family used to do what they would call Irish Thanksgiving, which would basically would be, they would have this elaborate turkey dinner on St. Patrick's Day. Hmm. So. I mean, I'm here for it. That sounds kind of tasty. I mean, I'd do anything to eat mashed potatoes. So I, <laughs> I was down for it. Yeah, you're like, I'm not complaining. I get mashed potatoes. Life is good. <laughs> like, that's all I care about. I'll attend. Sure. <laughs> that's super funny. Um... As for myself, I'm, like, I think I'm, like, 20% Irish or something. It's, like, a weird thing where, like, um, because I took that, like, uh, that DNA test, it breaks everything down into percentages. So, it, like, says that I'm, like, 20 or 25%, um, oh, what, well, it might actually even be more than that. But, like, 20 to 25%, um, like, English and Irish, it groups them together. And then, um, it's, like, 20 to 25% french or french and german and then there's like a couple other things in there but i am at least one fourth semi-irish <laughs> i have never done one of those dna tests and i kind of want to because i'd be very interested to see because i know that we have some irish heritage but i don't i don't really know much about that part of my family history yeah well and like uh for me what to, what got me to take the dna test isn't even like mo like most people's motivations are like you know either they have family they don't know about or they might have been adopted or there might be different things i honestly was just intensely curious and then um i really like that the ones nowadays also include health reports where they can tell you like 
if you have any like bio, like genealogical history of certain diseases or things that you need to worry about. So I remember being like, I think honestly, when I bought the test, I was like 23 or something. And I was like, if I'm going to die early of some random bum gene that I happen to have, I'd rather know now than like 10 years down the road so I can like, I don't know, live my life and stuff. So fair. I would rather not know at all personally, but, um, that's just me. That's how most people are actually, um, that I found out that my, my opinion is not the same as most other people's opinions about that kind of stuff. Cause, um, I know somebody who they were going to buy one for their mom because their mom was uh, like, uh, adopted when they were really, really young and didn't know anything about like their biological family. And so, um, they want to buy this DNA test for them, but their mom got really, really like, I don't know if anxious is the right word, but very like emotional about it in like a very negative way because she was like, what if something bad comes up? Like, I don't want to know any of that. I'd ra I, I'm just better off not knowing. And I'm like, I am too curious for my own good, I think. <laughs> See, like the family heritage stuff, I would really want to know. Like if I was adopted, I think I would be the kind of person who would be like, I must find out everything about my birth family. Even if I never contacted them, I would I would just need to know. But like, if there's a weird genetic health condition that I can't change, I don't think I want to know about that right now. I'm I'm fine living in ignorance at the moment. Yeah, fair enough. But yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I, I would be interested in doing a uh, DNA test eventually, but um, I guess only time will tell. Yeah. I, uh, I did, so like I said, I did mine. And then for, uh, as a gift one year, I got, had one done for my husband. Cause I was like, I must know if you're going to live a long time. That's kind of important to me. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, actually I was recently looking at cat DNA tests. Cause that's a thing now that you can get. Oh boy. Well, I mean, cats can live up to 20 years. So it is a long-term investment kind of. That's true. I feel like you are the kind, you are the dem, like the target demographic for that kind of thing, Emily. I am. And it, it's not even because I want to know like what their cat history is. Like one is orange, one is black. That's really all I need to know. It's more about that. They do health reports also for cats. <laughs> <laughs> and I must know. You must know. She, this is like, like if you ever wondered what is Emily really like? Yeah. <laughs> Sending my cat's DNA off to be like, I must know their health from the inside and the outside. And yeah, no, that's all I got. So with that, uh, I will get into talking about some St. Patrick's Day traditions because we've never talked about that on the show. And there's apparently more than you originally would have uh, thought about. Or at least that I originally thought about. Uh, most likely. Well, take it again. All right. So to start with, um, we have eating corned beef and cabbage with bacon. So apparently that particular dinner is, it's more of like an Irish American tradition than an Irish one. But historically, Irish bacon, which is a form of cured pork, um, was actually the meat of choice for St. Patrick's Day. Um, it wasn't until the early 1900s that Irish Americans in New York began to eat corned beef instead because it was much more affordable. And then cabbage also became popular simply because it was cheap and more readily available. So if you're wondering what to eat on St. Patrick's Day, apparently bacon is uh, is what you traditionally eat. Bacon. I see. I see. The, the food of choice. I would have never guessed that. Personally, I thought it would have been potatoes. See? 
And uh, because you're a vegetarian, uh, they also include cabbage in there. So you could also eat cabbage and be like, I am traditional Irish now. I could. I do hate cabbage, but I could eat it. But I probably won't. <laughs> you're like, I could, but I would really hate if I had to. <laughs> but I, I won't be doing that, let's be honest. Yep. Uh, and then we have um, wearing shamrocks. So... Shamrocks are staples of St. Patrick's Day decor and dress, and um, clover and shamrocks were readily available and cheap ways to dress up outfits to go to church. So Irish people began wearing them to services starting in the 1600s, and a 1726 treaty from Irish cleric Caleb Threckeld declared the shamrock the Irish national symbol, writing, This plant is worn by the people in their hats upon the, the 17th day of March yearly, um, it being a current tradition that by this three-leafed grass, he emblematically, emblematically, <laughs> there you go, uh, <laughs> set forth to them the mystery of the Holy Trinity, which is a stupidly fancy way of saying we wear shamrock because it symbolizes the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praise Jesus is basically what that meant. <laughs> I actually did not know that the shamrock was like a religious thing. I think that's just kind of what it evolved into being because it does say that it, uh, to start with, it was more of like a, like a fancy thing for people to like dress themselves up as, but it was mostly seen at church services. So like when people got fancy for like their Sunday stuff, mm, I'm guessing. So it wasn't originally necessarily, but it kind of transformed into that. Yeah. So definitely interesting. And then um, we have another one called Drowning the Shamrock. Which is, so basically wearing shamrocks isn't the only thing we do with them to celebrate St. Patrick's Day, if that's, like, not your thing. Uh, you could also do something called drowning the shamrock, which is considered good luck, even if it could possibly lead to a headache on March 18th. Because according to some legends, St. Patrick himself went to a bar and got a glass of whiskey that was partially empty. The saint warned the bartender that the devil comes for the dishonest at which point he was scared straight. The next time St. Patrick visited the pub, everyone's whiskey glasses were full. These days, at closing time on St. Patrick's night, shamrocks are dunked into the final glasses of whiskey, or whatever you happen to be drinking that night, as a toast to the man who drove the proverbial snakes out of Ireland. So, um, I'm not sure if you knew this, I remember learning it in school, um, but one of the, like, stories of St. Patrick is that, um, he was a slave who had actually been brought over to Ireland and he kind of redeemed himself at some point because um, there was like a hill full of snakes or something that was like terrorizing all the people around and he found a way to like scare them out of Ireland. And that's like his like come, come, come to story. Yes, I do recall uh, learning that in our, in our school days. Right. So since you're not a beer drinker, you could always uh, get a full glass of whiskey, get your little uh, fancy little shamrock that you find, and just slam that bad boy in there and have a toast to St. Patrick. Just slam that baddie on him. (laughs) (laughs) It's BYOS. Bring your own shamrock. (laughs) Yeah, literally. Um, So that's kind of a fun one. Maybe I'll do that this year because I do like whiskey. I don't like beer, but I do like whiskey. So... Speaking of drinking, uh, say you're like, yeah, I'm a drinker and all these other things. You can also enjoy some Guinness because Guinness is always popular in Ireland, but enjoys a special boom in business on St. Patrick's Day um, stateside. The brand revealed um, that uh, that five times more Guinness, so three million versus 600,000 pints, 
are sold on St. Patrick's Day than any other day of the year in the U.S. That is nuts. That's a lot of Guinness to be <laughs> a lot of Guinness sloping um, down. People love their beer. I don't know. It don't make no sense to me, but it happens, I guess. They just just taking it back. Oh yeah. Um, next, you could be like a little Emily, and you go looking for leprechauns. So, um, leprechauns can be traced back a number of ways, though most clearly linked to sprites and fairies in terms of their magical origins. The term leprechaun uh, or leprechaun may come from two different roots. In the seven or in the seven hundreds, water sprites called uh, luchorpan. I did not say that right. We're rolling with it. Were said to be tiny, as well as leith brogan. Uh, Irish for shoemaker. So some legends claim that you can find a leprechaun if you follow the tap of their cobbler's hammers. All leprechauns are said to be male, which means that they must really be the stuff of magic. Especially when you refer to them as leprechauns, as Emily did once, like four years ago. That's their that's their true. Uh, that's like their that's their scientific name. Yeah, that's the scientific name for sure. Yeah. Um, and then as we talked about earlier, the next one is wearing green, because as it turns out, uh, leprechauns are supposedly why we wear green on St. Patrick's Day. They allegedly can't see the color green, so they won't be able to see you and pinch you if you're rocking emerald or chartreuse shades, if you want to mix it up a little. Ooh. Right? Um, which, on that note, uh, pinching people who aren't wearing green. So pinching, which we, which is... Technically a form of assault <laughs> comes from the leprechaun tradition. Um, but wait, wait, wait. If, Is this the crime my... in your story? Pinching people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Emily. <laughs> I think it's a crime. Um, <laughs> but here's my personal PSA, though, just to everybody is please do not pinch people. As I talked about earlier, it like wakes in me personally it wakes a deep-seated rage that i'm pretty sure comes out only once a year so maybe just don't try your luck with people and if you don't see somebody wearing green just say nothing and be like man those leprechauns are gonna find you not me though i stay safe not me i i will not be pinching you because i choose peace instead of instead of evil today (laughs) i choose life once this one time i am choosing life <laughs> i think you need to send this message specifically to your younger siblings oh i absolutely will be just you wait um so then the next one is actually wearing blue so blue was once closely associated with saint patrick's Day instead of green so according to the smithsonian saint patrick was depicted in imagery as often wearing blue garments and blue was a part of ireland's first coat of arms One of its symbols, a gold harp in front of a blue background, can still be found on the Irish presidential flag in Constitution today. Um, Next is Irish music, which a couple examples, if you want to like feel extra festive this uh, St. Patrick's Day, is uh, the Dropkick Murphys, which a lot of people have heard about. You could also listen to a traditional Celtic chants, which I might be doing. Um, And you can have some gifts at the same time and call it good amazing we love that for you and anyone else who wishes to partake absolutely and on that note uh you can also watch irish step dancing which is called river dancing which i mentioned earlier and it is pretty cool to watch i won't lie people's got strong legs 
I do not have the skills for that, but I've seen it before and it's... I wish I could move my body that way. <laughs> it's fascinating for sure because I know I never will be able to move my body like that. My time... <laughs> Was never here. It actually, from birth, I was never bu- I was never built for that. Yeah, it just—it's not for me. I I've accepted that about myself, you know. Mm-hmm. I I'm on the same page. Uh, so then the next one here is church services honoring Saint Patrick. So at its core, Saint Patrick's Day is a religious holiday honoring Ireland's uh, Ireland's patron saint. So many Catholics, especially of course Irish Catholics, mark the occasion by going to church. They sure do. That they do. Um, <laughs> uh, dying the Chicago River Green. So I since... thought you were going to just say dying. I thought you were going to leave it at that. <laughs> Death. That's the best tradition. Yeah. Um, that'll be like how I leave this earth, actually. If I can pick the day, I'm going to pick St. Patrick's Day and make it extra festive. <laughs> just to be really dramatic about the whole thing. It's tradition. Why not? If I'm going to go, it's going to be dramatic. You know, we got to put on a show for the girlies. Oh, absolutely. Uh, So then the next one here is dying the Chicago River Green. So since 1962, Chicago has dyed its namesake River Green every St. Patrick's Day. They use the green dye, uh, start with, the use of green dye started with a utilitarian. So city workers originally used the green dye to trace unauthorized sewages, but then eventually found out that it looks actually pretty festive, so they kept it. I mean, at least it has a practical use, so that's good. Don't love that there's sewage in the water, but I mean, that seems like a separate issue. Yeah, I think they got a couple problems. (laughs) Oh boy. That's the real crime. Yeah, right? Well, I mean, there's there's lots of ways to look at a crime. There's environmental (laughs) crime. There's uh, assault and battery. Uh... (laughs) There's real crime, like, by law. And then there's just, like, things that I consider a crime, you know? Yeah, which are both super fair and valid and should be upheld by the law. (laughs) Exactly. Why they're not? Mystery to me. Right. Uh, So uh, the whole kiss me, I'm Irish thing. So uh, the phrase kiss me, I'm Irish comes from the Blarney Stone. Irish legends say that kissing the famous stone in Blarney Castle gives the kisser the gift of charming, eloquent, and persuasive speech. Which maybe we need to go since we have a podcast that might that might yeah, be useful kinda, to us. We should we should have been there years ago when we started this whole thing. In on our on our uh, Europe trip, we right? kind of just li- slipped on over to Ireland. Missed uh, opportunity, right? And uh, since most people won't get to smooch the stone, it's said that uh, puckering up to an Irish person is the next best thing. So then uh, next we have the the Irish pride, the pride of the Irish. So um, uh, whether or not you're Irish, St. Patrick's Day and Irish pride parades are a rollicking great time every year. New York City's St. Patrick's Day parade is one of the most famous. And in a typical year, it has an average about 150,000 participants and 3 million spectators on the sidelines. Cities included are Boston, Chicago, and Philadelphia, who also host these parades. 
And St. Patrick's Day is actually also quite popular in Japan, which hosts parades of its own in the Harajuku uh, neighborhood of Tokyo, complete with Irish dancing. Well, that's super fun. I've personally never been to an Irish parade, but maybe I'll have to do that this year or next year. Probably not this year, but next year, maybe. Maybe. But see, the thing that got me about that one was I had no idea that St. Patrick's Day, which is all Irish, like, yahoo, type stuff, would be a really big holiday in Japan. Like, I never would have thought about it. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that much. It's kind of like the um, the whole KFC thing at Christmas time tradition that they have. KFC? KFC at Christmas time? Oh, yeah. So it's a really big tradition in Japan that their Christmas dinner, they have KFC. And it all kind of started as a marketing campaign from KFC because they marketed it to Japanese people as if this is what Americans are eating every year at Christmas, even though it's not. And I think it's something like like 90% of their sales in Japan every year come from just Christmas Day. That Those are true facts? That's real facts? Yeah, so they're the real thing. What? Yeah. I'm sorry, I'm just absorbing this in my brain. I, there's so many things that I've never correlated ever in my whole life that I'm just now learning about, which is... <laughs> St. Patrick's Day in Japan, and yet apparently also KFC in Christmas time. So I have a lot, <laughs> there's a lot running through my head right now. It's true. Um, so I did know this before, but this past uh, November, John, my partner, was actually working on a commercial project with a Japanese car company, and he was talking to the executives of the company because they flew in from Japan. And they directly asked John, they're like, oh, so do you guys have like KFC for Christmas here in Canada too? And John was like, nope, it's not a thing. What an odd conversation to have with somebody. I don't know. I don't know how I'd react if, if I was like telling people about my Christmas plans and they're like, yeah, you're going to get KFC, right? I would be like, maybe. <laughs> I'll th- it's a I'll really think big thing about it. Yeah. I'm willing to try it. I don't mind KFC, actually. <laughs> well, maybe <laughs> if we go to Jen's Japan. Like, yeah, maybe. maybe hey? But no, Jen's like looking at me with, with like the most vegetarian stare I've ever seen in my life. She's like, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, they have a plant-based chicken burger there now. Do they actually? They do, yeah. Huh. I'm learning so many things about KFC, too. You know what? <laughs> We're going to put a pause on that because I want to talk about more about that later. But, but for now, <laughs> um, next uh, is actually Irish slang and phrases. So uh, there's never a better day to go yell um, Aaron Go Brog or Slaint. So Aaron Go Brog is Ireland forever uh, and Slaint is health. So it's used as a toast. Ah, uh, God. Gotcha. I've always heard that one, but I never really knew what it meant. I assumed it meant, like, cheers or something like that. 
Yeah, basically. It's so funny. I've never heard any of these sayings before. Um, and I was really trying hard to like pronounce it earlier, like when I was going through my notes, but like the, the how the Irish people pronounce like uh the, the Gaelic dialect and that kind of thing, I just can't. It is so tricky. It is it is definitely tricky. It also doesn't sound as good without the accent. It's true, the accent makes up the whole thing. Um all right, well, next we have snacking on soda bread. So Irish mm. soda bread may not be Irish after all. Indigenous people may have made it first, but in any case, the delicious and filling treat became popular with Irish Americans because it is as affordable as it is satisfying, which I'm going to be honest, I have no idea what soda bread is. I was going to search it up earlier when I was going through my notes and I completely forgot. I'm assuming bread made out of soda? I genuinely have no idea. Um, well, I, I gotta know now, though. Right? So, very curious. Soda bread is a variety of quick bread traditionally made in a variety of cuisines in which sodium bicarbonate is used as a leaving agent instead of traditional yeast. Uh, the ingredients of traditional soda bread are flour, baking soda, salt, and buttermilk. And, yeah, that's basically, that's basically it. It has a, apparently a unique texture um, as a result of the reaction between the acidic sour milk and baking soda. Hmm. Weird. Tis weird, but try anything once. It's vegetarian, so I could have it. We are psychic, because what the thought that popped into my head is, I'll try anything once. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not quite there, but I try most things once. Yeah, you see, I say anything because I feel really brave when I say it, but then I, I always end up finding something that's, like, very questionable, and I'm like, maybe not everything. Most things. <laughs> maybe everything, not everything except for this, you know? <laughs> yeah, now that I really think about it, <laughs> maybe not. Um, but I'll try the soda bread. <laughs> Yep, and then are you ready for our last Irish tradition that may arguably be the most exciting one of all the traditions? Uh, yeah, give it to me, Em. So it's staying sober because being that St. Patrick's Ooh. Day is technically a religious holiday that falls within Lent, it is common for a lot of Catholic celebrants to make this holiday a dry one. So if you really want to get in touch with your irish catholic roots you can stay sober for saint patrick's day i probably will anyways since i'm pretty sure it's in the middle of a week yeah it honestly makes me want to get boozy even more yeah you're like my my desire for whiskey just increased about 10 percent, 20 percent you're telling me i should stay sober hmm i'll definitely be drunk then yeah you know how i said i actually wasn't going to be drinking now that i've contemplated it uh this changes everything i will be shit-faced I like to go against tradition, you know, that's just me. I'll be yep. drinking my bread and uh, whiskey and I'll have a real bloated stomach the next day. And feel really terrible, but it'll all be worth it. <laughs> exactly. Because fuck telling me what to do. You Amen. Know? Amen to that. <laughs> but yeah, that is uh, our fun little uh, list of... Uh, little St. Patty's Day traditions. So I am very interested to hear what your story is going to be about because you, I know, have probably got a real crime for us. 
I mean, like, I do still consider pinching and um, a bunch of these other things to be crimes, but I, I feel like you might be a little bit on the nose with yours. It's it's true. I usually am a little bit more on the nose with my my crimes than Emily. Emily chooses <laughs> things that she thinks should be a crime, usually. <laughs> I mean, it's been Calling done. pinching assault. Oh, <laughs> stretching it a little, I would say. It's just a little. It's physical harassment, to say the least. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you heard it here first. If you pinch Emily, you're going to jail. Well, I well, I'll be also in jail probably. So we're all going to jail. <laughs> all going to jail. That's the best Irish tradition there. Being in jail. Yeah. <laughs> Drunk and in jail, just as the ancestors wanted. Exactly. But today, I am going to to tell you a different story. Um, and for my story, we're going to do a little bit of time traveling. Back to the year of 2010. Do you remember that year, Em? 2010? Yep. Um, uh, I would have been not in high school yet. That would have been, what, grade nine? Mm-hmm. That was grade nine? Yeah, I think so. What was I doing that year? I went to your high school graduate or your middle school graduation. Your high school graduation. You're actually much older than me. Um, (laughs) And uh, I just had a relatively chill year of being a nerd and hanging out. That's all I remember about 2010. Oh, yeah. I I wore a dress from Walmart to my middle school graduation. I do remember that, too. Yes, I think I got the dress from my middle school graduation from Le Chateau, and I felt like hot shit, so there's that. I mean, that. that's that's definitely more hot bitch hours than Walmart, I think, if, I, if, I, if I'm understanding. <laughs> but, ugh. But no, yeah, I'm trying was, to remember what your dress looked like. It was black I and neon orange. It was black and neon orange. I don't remember that. Yeah, it was like really ruffly. <laughs> and I felt like so cool in it. I mean, for 2010, like that that was pretty in style. You you slayed. You slayed the day away. I sure did. But um anyways, it's story's <laughs> not about me and my awful fashion sense. It's uh about a man named Jonathan R. Skinner who went by his nickname Ryan, and another man named David Christopher Cotton. And these two boys had known each other since high school and were both graduates of Brentwood High School in Brentwood, Tennessee. Not a ton is known about their childhoods or their families. Uh, I did honestly do some online snooping and I found out a lot of info about their families pretty easily because of facebook and you know people people leave an online footprint sometimes when they don't mean to but i don't think their families necessarily want to be publicly discussed so Mm. i'm gonna leave them out of it fair enough yes so to friends ryan was known as a good-hearted 20 year old who was in junior in west kentucky university quote He was a nice, all-around good guy and not the kind of person you would pick out of a crowd, according to Becca Chafer, who had known 
Ryan since high school. And Michael Sills, a senior meteorology student at Western who had taken several classes with Ryan, said, quote, He was a very bright, smart student. He was really self-determined. Personality-wise, he was very quiet and didn't speak much in class. Michael said that even though he was a quiet kid, he wasn't a hermit. Ryan was involved in the WKU Meteorology Club and had attended a National Severe Weather Conference with Western students in Norman, Oklahoma in early March 2010. Which, what a conference to attend. That's... I didn't even know that they would have severe weather conferences, but I guess it makes sense. I mean, maybe if they were, like, trying to spread education, but... Uh, who's to say? <laughs> who's to say? Just Oklahoma things, I guess. <laughs> Hashtag just Oklahoma things. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> a quick look at Ryan's Facebook page would indicate that he was a typical college student. His personal description of himself read, I love music almost as much as I love adventure. I also believe in kindness and try and help out whenever I can. So just give me a call if you need something. Unless it's serious, then you should probably go to the hospital or something. Which, honestly, that would be my advice to anyone who's friends with me also. So mm. <laughs> I'm not a doctor. So you... Go to the hospital, Emily. Uh, I'm on my way. <laughs> <laughs> I, in fact, will not perform hillbilly surgery on you. But Emily... She might. I'll consider it for sure. I think I might have already done it before. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So Ryan's roommate at uh, Western in the Pierce Ford Tower Dormitory was named Adam Crabtree. And he said that Ryan kind of acted like a theater kid. According to Adam, Ryan started singing a song from the Disney movie Mulan. He said, quote, Ryan once came into the room and just started singing that song. I looked it up on YouTube and played a video of it. Then we watched other songs from other Disney movies. We plan on watching Disney movies sometime, even though we're not kids anymore. And uh, Adam didn't say which song from Mulan, but I'm sincerely hoping it's the I'll Make a Man Out of You song. It couldn't have been anything else. If it's not that, then it would be that one in the beginning where it's like, who is that girl I see? <laughs> Let's get or, down um, to business. Yeah, it's it's either one of those. It has to be. There are no other options. I feel like it's going to be the I'll make a man out of you song. Like, I don't think there is another choice. I think so, too. <laughs> <laughs> so no one who knew Ryan ever had anything bad to say about him. He was known as an overall really nice guy. So the other man we're going to talk about is David Cotton and... Back in 2012, he was 21 and was reportedly enrolled at Columbia College in Columbia, Tennessee. He was a great friend and a wonderful person, according to his close family and friend, his close family friend, Sean Christian. In describing their relationship, Sean said he was a very close friend like a brother. Friends describe both David and Ryan as social, fun, and caring people. So everyone had really nice things to say about these guys. Um, David did, however, have a criminal history. In 2007, then 18-year-old David and an unknown accomplice 
broke into Crockett Elementary and Woodland Middle School over the 4th of July weekend. Thousands of dollars of electronics, including computers, were taken and serious vandalism occurred. He was sentenced to three years probation in that case. But other than that incident, no one really thought that David was capable of doing anything bad. So we're going to talk about March 17th, 2010. Ryan and David did something that shocked all of their family and friends. Do you have any guesses as to what they did, Em? I genuinely have no idea. <laughs> well, <laughs> on, with how the story's been going so far, it could legitimately be anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, shortly before 12.30 p.m. on St. Patrick's Day, dressed in a leprechaun costume... David entered First State Bank. He brandished a .45 caliber handgun, demanded money, and then fled in a silver Toyota Corolla driven by Ryan. A witness followed them and alerted police as the robbers uh, as to the robbers' escape route. And footage from Gallatin shows the Corolla racing through the residential streets that included pedestrians outside. As the drama unfolded, at one point in the video, the Corolla pulls to the side of the road, then David climbs halfway out of the car through the window, taking an aim with a handgun and shooting directly at the patrol vehicle's windshield, putting officers' lives at risk. David shot twice and was taking aim for a third time when Ryan hit the gas pedal and sped away with several police vehicles in pursuit. Two patrol vehicles were damaged by bullets as the chase continued to Highway 25 and Bradford Road, where David and Ryan ditched the vehicle and fled into a field near Cambridge Farms subdivision on foot with the gun. The field was lined with houses that had open backyards, and reports indicated that once in the field, David shot himself and then Ryan picked up the weapon and was shot and killed by police. An anonymous friend said, quote, I've seen the videos and I couldn't believe that Ryan was the driver. I cannot stress enough how much against his character this act was. Another anonymous friend said that, quote, they were normal everyday guys. It wasn't like they went around acting like gangbangers. Nobody knew them. Nobody that knew them would have ever guessed they were capable of this. I don't understand what they were thinking at all. An undisclosed amount of cash from the robbery was dis- was recovered from the Corolla, and according to Sumner, uh, Sumner County Sheriff Bob Barker, the world may never know what possessed Ryan and David not only to commit robbery, but also to shoot directly at police officers. Sheriff Bob said that, quote, We don't know what influences people sometimes. As they get older, it's not just family influence anymore. At some point, people are also influenced by who they hang out with, music, television, all kinds of things. Even Sheriff Bob, whose deputy officers assisted GPD that day, uh, was surprised what David and Ryan did. He said it didn't make a lot of sense. He said, quote, They just tossed their lives away. It's really sad they were willing to commit a violent crime and put so many people at risk. And in the end, they died. It's a tragedy all the way around. So afterwards, investigators also connected David and Ryan to a robbery on December 2nd in 2009 of the SunTrust Bank 
on Old Hickory Boulevard in Hermitage. During that robbery, David dressed as Santa Claus and escaped with a red sack filled with money. He reportedly fled in a gray car that was parked nearby. Why? <laughs> I mean, that's the golden question, right? No one... It's, like, so weird. Because usually when people do stuff like that, their family is like, oh, yeah, like, that makes sense. We all thought that, you know, Joe was going to end up in jail someday, just a matter of time, you know? But for all of their family and yeah. friends to be just so shocked, it's kind of like, why did they do it? Like, Right? Like, that part doesn't make sense to me just because of what you said. Like, especially, like, regarding robberies. Like, usually they'll be like, oh, Jimmy used to steal cigarettes out of my purse. I know one day he'd steal from the wrong person. But, like, there's none of that. And then the other thing, too, is, like, holiday figures? <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna go rob a bank. Put on, put on your later hosen. We gotta go rob a bank. What are you talking well, about? It's crazy because there's like a security footage from inside the bank of David wearing the leprechaun costume, and he's got like the full hat and beard and like green outfit. Like he went all out, dude. Oh, stop it. What, did he show up and he was like, give me all your lucky charms? I like, don't know. <laughs> I hope so. And then I love, too, the other one on his record is like, yeah, he also did the same thing dressed as Santa Claus. And I'm like, I don't know what this guy's deal is, but, like, the way that I just want to pick his brain and be like, explain yourself. Just out of curiosity. I'm not even all that mad, but, like, just, just tell me why. Yeah. It's crazy. And, like, also, it's weird that they started shooting at police because you know like why like they probably would have just like you know they probably would have done a little bit of time but like eventually got out but i guess i don't know i just said it doesn't make any sense to me at all it feels so random maybe they're like um adrenaline junkies or something like people that are just like out for the thrill you know I mean, I guess. I mean, Ryan did go to a severe weather conference, so I don't know. <laughs> but maybe? <laughs> he's like, he's like, tornadoes don't do it for me anymore. I need to dress as a leprechaun and rob, rob a bank, I think. Well, I mean, he just drove the getaway car. It was David who dressed up. He was committing to the park. Either way, he is a, he is a leprechaun ro- robbing a bank, as far as I'm concerned, just by association. I see. A leprechaun driving the getaway car. Yep. Exactly. The the lepre- the getaway leprechaun driver. It's wild. He's like, quick, we gotta get over the rainbow. We got we got the pot of we gold. We gotta go. It's yeah, that's crazy. And like it's just this story is so interesting to me because I feel like it just goes to show that like even people you think you know really well could do things that like you would never expect from them word to that even if like um you don't really know a person all that well and they do crazy things you're like like how did i meet this person and how did we get here it don't make no sense just know that you could be bffs with someone who dresses as a leprechaun to rob banks you know but it could be their thing yeah well, maybe uh, our listeners here uh, for St. Patrick's Day, you all can dress up as leprechauns and set some traps for each other. And uh, maybe uh, Jen, a.k.a. Dazzle Greensleeves, will show up at your house to <laughs> with a with a with a glass full of whiskey stuffed full of 
shamrocks and a Guinness in the other hand, ready to party. Perfect. I would love that. Ugh, right? But that's the end of our episode today and the end of a festive St. Patrick's Day for us. Yes. Another holiday here and gone. And if you like today's episode, please leave us a review on wherever you're listening to podcasts. That will be greatly appreciated. It helps us with trending and reaching out to new listeners. We also have our website, which is www.wheelofcrime.com if you want to check us out on there. We also have our email if you want to send us an email, which is wheelofcrime at gmail.com. We also have our Patreon, which is uh, wheelofcrime at Patreon if you want to donate to the show. Uh, We have our social medias, which is on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, all at Wheel of Crime. And lastly, we do still have that Google Doc up if you want to submit a story of your own. Maybe you've seen a leprechaun. Maybe you are a leprechaun. Maybe you've got a very unique family tradition that could be interesting having to do with St. Patrick's Day. Who's to say? Who is to say? But either way, I would love to hear about it. Who is to say? (laughs) Yes. But that's it. That's all. We'll see you next week for another new episode. Okay, bye. Bye.